0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before you mash that fast forward button to move to the beginning of today's episode, I'd like to quickly tell you about some ways you can support the show and everything that I'm doing right now. You can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chase Thomas writer. Again, just go on over to patreon.com slash chase Thomas writer, become a patron for as little as $5 a month, or you can subscribe on Apple podcasts and leave a rating and a review. It's incredibly important with the way iTunes works. So if you have a second, please leave a rating and or review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify, TuneIn radio, stitcher, Google play, and wherever else you get your podcasts, you can check out chasethomaspodcast.com. That is on my previous episode, a link to my newsletter, and all my articles that I've written. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore thomas. You can like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer, Or you can just tell a friend you found this independent sports podcast that they should check out too. Thank you for listening. You're all the best. And I think we've reached the point in this intro where my Uncle Darren can play me in. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. (laughs) Um, My nephew needs me to record. See, I
1: hate. I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right. On the line right now, Yovan Bua of The Athletic Los Angeles. The first time I've been able to do that with Yovan now. He's at The Athletic at LA. So go check that out first and foremost. And Yovan, I don't think the Sacramento Kings are going to be a playoff team in the West next season. I don't feel great about
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had a tweet a few days ago about how it, it's kind of crazy that it, it does seem like every team in the West is trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just tell by, you know, pretty pretty much everyone. Like, even the Phoenix Suns, who theoretically don't have a shot, are, you know, out here giving Trevor Ariza a monster one-year deal. Um, you know, Dallas has improved. Lakers obviously got uh, got much better with, with one acquisition, uh, and, and then I think got worse with with three others. Um, <laughs> but like you know, the bottom five teams in the West all kind of improved, except for really the Kings. Like you know, Marvin Bagley had that nice dunk on on Mo Wagner and uh, Sacramento preseason but or preseason summer league. But uh, I don't see any way the Kings don't finish last
0: in the conference, which is not great because. So, this is going to be the thing that people are going to start to realize, like, by December of this year, that uh, the Celtics are going to get their pick if the Kings do not get the number one overall pick in the lottery this year. Like, that's just going to Boston. The, Bo- the Celtics could have the number yeah. two pick in the draft next year. That is insane.
1: But uh, every life is just meaningless with the uh, Demarcus Cousins on the Warriors. That's what I've...
0: kind of positive. Well, we'll get there. You mentioned the Lakers first, and you're an L.A. guy. You're in L.A. LeBron is a Laker. Things are picking up. What are your first impressions of LeBron, first and foremost, signing with the Lakers, but also a four-year deal, giving them time to figure things out? Um, What do you make of everything that's happened with LeBron in L.A. thus far?
1: It was it was crazy. Like it was one of those things that I had heard some chatter a few days before um, and and even more chatter kind of the day before. So it wasn't necessarily, I mean, and it had been out there obviously for, for months, if if not really since like last year. Um, But it was one of those things where you, you know, you kind of felt like someone else had to be the first domino, right? Like they had to trade for Kawhi Leonard. They had to sign Paul George they had to give LeBron something to really entice him. Yeah, But, you know, clearly it, it ended up just being the LA market, the Lakers brand, the endless opportunities for his brand and, and you know, his portfolio. And you know, he's trying to get more into the entertainment industry and, you know, that's kind of more of a long-term play. So he's going to, you know, as you saw with uh, what Kevin Durant has been able to do in Silicon Valley, I think LeBron's going to, start to do that you know he's already been doing that in hollywood but now it's just going to take it to the next level so i almost don't feel uh you know like this was necessarily a, a full basketball play um realistically looking at this team even before the some of these questionable signings they just made uh you know at best they're probably the three seed at, at the very best but you know realistically there might be more of like a four or five seed maybe even a six seed depending on uh how some of the other moves in the west shake out so I, you know, I think it's way too premature to to call them a title contender uh, unless they get Kawhi Leonard. But uh, you know, for LeBron, this is this is a long term play. He signed you know three plus one, uh, and you you know, but as currently constructed, a lot of these young Lakers aren't going to be really really good for another two, three, four years. So I, I think LeBron kind of just said, "Hey, I I don't know if I'm going to beat the Warriors you know this season or next season after that," but. Um, I'm going to be in LA. I'm going to be with the Lakers. I'm going to have my brand and profile elevated even more because LeBron's really never played for like a marquee franchise. Like obviously the the Cavs are not that and the heat, even the heat really like that. They kind of became a little more marquee with with Wade and Shaq, but they weren't really on that. Like Lakers Celtics Bulls Knicks uh, type of, you know, the marquee franchises of, of the NBA. So this is LeBron's you know kind of first time doing that and I really think it's going to benefit his brand long term
0: yeah for Space Jam 2 this is good news for <laughs> him. um that's that's good uh but yeah I I like the theory I forgot who I heard this from first of like LeBron signing there first and not waiting on Kawhi or Paul George or anybody else to go there like I remember Zach Lowe was on that pretty early on of like I don't think that's going to play and that lebron wants to make a decision quickly anyway and those kind of traits especially for somebody like Kawhi Leonard, are going to take time especially when you see the report today that the spurs are still holding out hope still holding out hope that they can convince him to stay but probably not going to happen and he just went and we're already seeing what happens when lebron chooses your team which is the rumors pick up of like other guys who are disgruntled or on other teams or going to be free agent soon, whatever are going to want to join him now that they they know he is there for at least 3 years. So, LeBron is in LA and now he's going to attract other people to come to LA. Like you're already seeing the Kevin Love, could they bring him in? Could they bring in Damian Lillard? All these different things and you're going to see that over and over again and I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do because now they have this Hodgepodge roster where they have they brought in a bunch of vets on a 1-year deal who uh now, if I wanted to bring in some guys to mentor, like the Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo Balls, and uh, Kyle, uh, well, they lost Julius Randle now, so he's gone. Uh, but those kind of young guys in this team, Josh Hart, I don't think Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, and Rajon Rondo would be my first picks to uh, <laughs> mentor some young guys that you hope turn into really good players one day. Uh, but... I'm not an NBA GM, and maybe Magic Johnson sees something that we don't. Uh, Because I did see that tweet pop up from like four or five years ago when Rajon Rondo got traded to the Mavericks, and uh, Magic tweeted out that he believed that made them a Western Conference final contender, NBA title contender, and obviously that did not turn out to be the case. But um, I think it's it's fascinating because I think all these one-year deals indicate to me that he has no interest in really going at the Warriors this year. I think this year is all about getting acclimated in L.A., building relationships, like, just figuring things out and seeing what he can do next summer. But problem with that is the team that you cover, they have a lot of cap space next year, too. And they're trying to get Kawhi. They're trying to get the same kind of guys that the Lakers are trying to get because, you know what, Jerry West is in there now. And the Clippers, they will have... 70 million dollars in cap space next summer like they are gunning for max level guys and they let deandre jordan go like there's i i'm kind of interested in the battle of los angeles that's going to take place in 2019 because magic already put that date on his calendar of like hey this is when we need to have at least one star but he he got lebron so that's step one But he's got to get somebody else. And I think he realized, unless they can trade for Kawhi this year, they're not getting anybody else. Because I don't believe they're trading for uh, Damian Lillard. I don't think they're trading for another star this year. But it would not surprise me at all if they're looking at Jimmy Butler, who's there all the time. And it just so happens, hates Carl Anthony Towns. So maybe Jimmy Butler (laughs) is the next guy who comes over to L.A. And he's like, you know what? I want to play with LeBron. And something tells me. Jimmy Butler would enjoy playing with LeBron James more than Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. That's just me, but I feel like I, that would be the case. So uh, I just threw a lot at you, but does any of that make sense?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I really think that the the other factor of this is like the the biggest backlash I, I feel like LeBron got going to the Heat, besides obviously that that whole spectacle of like you know, almost like a, a rock concert that, that they had um, for heat fans was kind of the, just the, the theory of he's joining someone else's team, right? Like he's joining Dwayne Wade's team. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's already won a title here. Dwayne Wade is the alpha LeBron James is now like the sidekick or, or no matter how good he plays, like it's always going to be Wade's team. We obviously saw that ended up not being the case and Wade basically ceded control to LeBron in, in year two. And, from there, they, they, you know, won two finals and, and maybe could have won a third. But um, I, I, yeah. so I, I think the, the thing with him going to L.A. first was kind of eliminating that where it's like, no, I'm joining no one's team. I'm by far the best player on on this team. I don't even really have a second all star caliber player, like at least in Cleveland. You could point to Kevin Love, who, you know, was a multi time all star was one of the best big men in the league before kind of dropping off uh, the past few seasons. Uh, and maybe we'll return to that level now that LeBron's out there. Um, but, you know, he was... So I think that was kind of important for him to be the first domino, even, even just for optics' sake, uh, where even if Paul George came after or they traded for Kawhi after, it was like, LeBron's the first one coming. He's saying, I don't really care who's here. I'm just, I'm doing this for me and it, it's about me and my happiness and what I want. Um, but but to your point, I, I completely agree. Like I, I think that as currently constructed, like you know, the, they're not mo- they're most like I don't really see a, a path for them uh, contending and kind of winning this year uh, unless Brandon Ingram, Bonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma all take massive leaps, which is not impossible. Uh, and I think it's actually you know, way more likely, probably for someone like Ingram who's going to be entering his third year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you kind of see that that first and second year jump, there's that jump, but. Traditionally, it's not as big, but you kind of see it in guys like years three and four is when guys really break out as, as legitimate stars. So if, if that happens to Brandon Ingram this year, it would not surprise me. I think he will have some type of LeBron bump. Uh, but that said, I think it is interesting, though, because I think you got to be careful with this because I think when guys get older, as we've seen with so many stars, and, and LeBron so far has been the the exception to the rule, like, guys just randomly drop off like Paul, you know, like someone, I think of someone like Paul Pierce where, you know, that kind of last season in Boston, he was still pretty good. He was, he was an all-star level, you know, probably not all NBA level, but he was still a really, really good player. Then he goes to the nets and, and kind of that off season, he drops off maybe 10, 15% and then kind of the next season he, he drops off. And then on Washington, he's a role player. And then he goes to the Clippers and, you know, he, he can't even get on the court. So, I don't think that's going to happen to LeBron next season, but maybe, you know, next season, LeBron's like the fifth best player in the league instead of the best, or maybe he's the eighth best player. Like you don't know. So I don't think you want to look at it in terms of like, let's just, you know, this first season doesn't really matter. We're just going to kind of get our bearings and and see who's a keeper of the young guys and kind of figure things out. It's like, no, you have a generational talent. You have, the best player since Michael Jordan on your team, still somehow in his prime going into his 16th year. I don't know how. I don't think you can waste that. And to me, that's why if I am the Lakers, I go all in. and I get Kawhi. Like, I don't, I don't waste this season I hoping to get to, Kawhi though. next summer. I, I, I think they have to. And I, I do whatever it takes. Like, I, I, my one deal breaker is I do not trade Lonzo and Ingram. I keep one of those two. It looks like it would probably have to be Lonzo because I don't think the Spurs want to touch him and Levar. Mm-hmm. Um And now this injury conveniently leaked out, right, as these trade talks are going on. So that was hilarious. Um,
0: so you think there's something but, there you know, that was not a coincidence?
1: Yeah, cause, because, you know, the, the, the injury had already been out there, and then it kind of came out that he, you know, was a little more serious than you thought a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then this comes out, like, now, and it was just like – it's you know, kind of weird. No one's that it, really going to no watch.
0: one picked up on that first. Like that's just a weird thing to announce. Like, oh, hey, by the way, my knees even more fucked up than previously reported.
1: <laughs> but but I I so I, I just think that's my deal breaker. If I if I'm Palinka and Magic, my deal breaker is I do not trade Lonzo and Ingram. I will keep one of those. You can have the other one and you could have Kyle Kuzma and even Josh Hart if you really want.
0: And that's the deal, um, right? I Isn't need to that get... the reported deal with San Antonio that it's like Hart, Kuzma, Ingram, and two first-round picks? Is that what it is, I believe?
1: Well, the the, the the one that Larry Kuhn reported yesterday that he had heard was, was that deal, but it was two first-round picks and two pick swaps. Okay. So that now... For, for me, now you're getting into like Celtics Nets territory where it's like, yeah, I'm not giving you basically four first round picks. Like, that I is guess the
0: difference, though, is those were all vets at like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were on the the serious decline at that point. And uh, yeah. why Leonard is still super young, I guess the only issue is like whether or not he'd leave. But if he's going to the Lakers and joining LeBron, he's not leaving anytime soon, and then. You're just kind of worried about the quad thing. But I think his camp said he's 95% healthy, which I love these percentages that uh, they put on (laughs) injury stuff. Like, he's 95% healthy. What does that even mean? Can he play? Okay, no, then he's not healthy. 95% means nothing if he's not playing basketball right now. Or like Andrew Luck's shoulder. Well, you know, he's like 65% there. Can he throw an actual football? Is he still throwing like high school footballs? Like, what what, what are we doing here? That drives me nuts. But yeah, continue.
1: Well, and honestly, if you're 95% healthy, you actually should be able to play. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like once you're kind of like above 80%, you're kind of getting into that range where like, it's almost like a mental, can you just gut it out? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, but yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how pick swaps work in terms of like the, what is it? The step in rule where like you can't. You, you can't know, trade you, back to back yeah,
0: first round picks.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if, if the if the Lakers do that, and, you At know, so let's say it's like it, it would have to be spread out. But then I don't know if pick swaps also count as a traded pick oh, or not. Yeah, that's a question. You know, so, so I don't know if it would be like, you know, traded pick, pick swap, traded pick, pick swap four years in a row. Or would it have to be like traded pick, you know, keep your pick. Pick swap, keep your pick traded. So basically, this could be like an eight-year dragged-out process if that's what they. If Hold that, on, I'm going to that, call, call Nate that
0: or Danny Larue. Uh, me one second, let's get them. Up. No, um, <laughs> yeah, this is. uh, uh It's going to be weird.
1: So I, I don't think I don't think the the Lakers do that form of the trade. Or or if you want my four first-round picks, then I I want I'm keeping Ingram. Like you're not getting you know, or I'm keeping Kuzma. Like you're not getting you're not getting all you know seven of those assets. Um, or
0: but could you be I, like we're taking Lamarcus Aldridge too
1: yeah I mean that that's uh, I think you you gotta well then the problem is you might have to include the wall dang in the deal which yeah uh, <laughs> yeah Let's just because really, yeah. another, another another thing I was thinking though is like if they could when this is actually where the the clippers get interesting um is like I wonder how appealing it would be for the Spurs to get off of the Patty Mills contract and/or the Pau Gasol contract, yeah. And now, you know, then you're talking bigger money. But like, if if you're the um, like, like a hypothetical for the for the Clippers that works, I think is like Tobias Harris, Nilo Gallinari, uh, who you know I, I don't Do think, think has really right high now? trade. Oh, I I think Danilo is definitely available. It's just Mm -hmm. do people, you know, I don't think he has high trade value, uh, honestly. Uh, It's all
0: injury stuff. He was such a good fit. It's injury stuff. Remember when you and I were talking about Blake and Gallinari and Tiodosic last offseason of like, they're not going to contend, but they're going to be fun. So much passing, a fluid offense. It's going to be great. And uh, everybody got hurt and it did not work. It
1: lasted four games. Yeah. It was was a fun, it was a 4-0 start. It was a fun 4-0 start. I'll never forget that 4-0 start. <laughs> we uh, full of uh pap everly knocking down uh, the ball full another court. guy not
0: happy about the uh, state of the league right now. I believe he was tweeting yeah. about boogie on uh, golden state too. But uh anyway, Tobias Harrison, who else?
1: So I think it'd have to be Tobias, Gallo and maybe their first two uh their their first their two first round picks that they just drafted in the lottery. Um and I think that works for Kawhi, uh Patty Mills and Pau Gasol. So in that case, as the Spurs, you're kind of getting off of, you know, you're getting Tobias, who I, I think is a very underrated young prospect. He's still only 25. Um, you know, I, like I think Tobias. he, I think he can be a number three on a team. That's kind of his his ceiling. Um, so you kind of get him in place that keeps the Spurs competitive. Like he probably becomes number two temporarily on them. Uh, then Gallo. Is an injury risk, but you know, if any team can, can manage that and kinda of get the best out of him, it's a Spurs and he does kind of seem like a Spurs type of player. He's a good shooter, good passer, he's you know, Italian, like he, he just kinda of fits the, the Spurs MO. Uh and then two two lottery picks, basically. Uh don't know if the Spurs would have drafted those two guys, but I, I had heard that they were high on Jerome Robinson, who the Clippers drafted thirteenth. So um, you know, maybe those Two guys kind of fit in there, and then you're getting off of the the Patty Mills and, and Pau Gasol contracts, which are not looking good right now.
0: So uh, all of this matters whether or not the Spurs decide to tear it all down. But if Pop only has two years left, which is now the the new theory on his future with the Spurs, is after Team USA in 2020 he's gone. And if that's the case, why would you get the team the last two years of Pop? So if you trade Kawhi, I don't think they're planning on being bad. Yeah, no, and... And And then you keep uh, Patty and Pau Gasol. Like, you don't want to do a full teardown. I I don't think they're going to go down that road. So, um, those contracts just like onerous when they, uh, like, if they want to go through a full rebuild. But then again, the West is so good that if the Spurs lose Kawhi and then traded LaMarcus Aldridge too, like, it's actually pretty easy to see them falling all the way to the uh bottom five in the West and having a really good lottery pick next year. Of their own, so I I don't know. I think the Spurs are in a really weird spot, but I I would bet against them just tearing it all down and moving the Mills and Gasols and uh, is Danny did Danny Green resign? Let's see. I I felt like he was an unrestricted free agent this year, or did he have a player option that he could opt into? I don't remember now. Uh, he had a he had a player option. Okay, so I guess he opted in. Uh, yeah, he opted in. Okay, yeah. Oh, there was something else. I was, oh, and then we haven't really talked about the Philly aspect of this yet. And I still maintain the belief that Philly can offer the best package to San Antonio. Like I still think full. they can. Well, Sarich, uh, well, I mean,
1: I, I yeah,
0: go on, go on. I think Folt, Sarich, even Wilson Chandler now, who is now uh, a Philadelphia 76er, you throw him in there, you throw in like one of their 19 different uh, international guards, like, Furcamans, whoever, like <laughs> they have so many assets that you could include that the Spurs, I think, would be interested in. You know that Brett Brown knows Kawhi and you know that that relationship works. And it'd be like a Paul George situation where I, I think if he goes in that system and then you get Kawhi there, I think they're and this is going to piss off Boston fans. But Kawhi, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, JJ and friends is winning the East next year if that's how it goes down. If they get Kawhi, they're winning the East for the next couple of years. Like if Joel is healthy and they have Kawhi and he's healthy, they're winning the East. That's just that. I, I don't know what you do with that. Like, that's just going to be it, a nightmare.
1: It could be the next like five years. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm just not betting than like Joel that, five I, I, years I, from now. I can't do that. Yeah, that's
1: fair. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what's a realistic because at first I was going to say, I, I feel like Boston can still offer the best package, but you know, like, I, I don't know what's a real, like, honestly, I, I don't know what's a real Boston package that kind yeah. of, for me, kind of is better than, than Sarich and Folks like that, you know, like I even mean, if you throw like throw it, like,
0: we know they're probably not going to give up Brown. Like they just—they're so. But even if they give up Brown, I think I'd rather have
1: Fultz and the, the combo of Fultz and Sarich over agree. Brown. Um, you know maybe that's close, but so what? What this kind of shows me, because um, it, it seems like they, you know, the reports have come out are well, obviously Simmons and Embiid are untouchable, but it seems like they're including Fultz in that category, and that kind of, you know, reading the the tea leaves they're still confident that he can come back at a very, very high level. And, you know, this isn't an Anthony Bennett type situation where they're willing to write him off very quickly. You know, they clearly feel like if, if we give up, you know, Markel in this trade, there's a chance that obviously there's a risk on the Kawhi side, but there's also the chance that he becomes really, really good, maybe even an all-star and we look really stupid for trading him. So, I also kind of look at this uh, situation and maybe it's purely leverage and maybe it's purely just an asset thing of like, we don't want to give up a number one pick uh, in you know, going into the second year. But I do think to, to me, I kind of read this as the Sixers have still have confidence in Markel, still believe in him and still think he has, you know, pretty good potential. Uh, so, so that's kind of encouraging for me if I'm a Sixers fan. Uh, that being said, I, I do think Philly can easily top the Lakers best realistic offer, uh, and, and really should, if, if they're serious about this, cause I think they're the East still is pretty wide open. Like I think it really is Philly and Boston as currently constructed, I would say Boston is better. Um, you know, they, they, they just beat the Sixers and now they're getting back, um, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Like. So if I'm the Sixers, like to, to really contend with Boston, like I don't really have anyone to worry about in these, mm-hmm. but it's really all about beating Boston, get Kawhi in. Like, like you just said, like, I think they become the favorites. And then at that point you're in the finals. And like, once you're in the finals, you never know. Like you could be the 2016 Cavs. You could be the 2011 Mavericks. Like, you know, neither one of those teams was really supposed to win uh, the, the series that they won, but you get to the finals and you win and you have a championship. So, um, might not matter with with the way the Warriors uh, off season is shaking out, <laughs> but uh, I think if you're Philly, like you really have to strongly consider that. And um, if you're going to bet on Martel Fultz, you, you better be damn sure he's, he's going to be good. Because if he's out of the league in three years, uh, I think that that's an all time regret not trading for Kawhi.
0: Yeah, and that's why I would just I would just do it. I, I think if like I don't think anybody's going to look back. Five ten years from now, and just laugh at the 76ers for giving up Markel Fultz for Kawhi Leonard. I just think it, it, basketball fans are just too smart now. Where it, I don't think anybody, even if Fultz be a star in San Antonio, I don't think that would change anything. Even because I just I don't think Kawhi is going to be bad once he returns. I think. Once he gets healthy again, we're all like, oh, why were we like worried about giving up Kyle Kuzma or <laughs> Markel folds to get this guy? Like he's a top five player when he's healthy and he's a franchise changing talent. Like I, I think we're kind of we just haven't seen him in so long that I think some of it has just been we've kind of forgotten just how good this guy is at basketball. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, the Clippers touched on them a little bit. Like I said, they have a lot of cap space next summer. Uh do you think they're going to get in like do you think it's going to be this summer when they acquire someone crazy like they're still just mixing and matching they re-signed Avery Bradley they let DJ Walk um they it looks like they might be bringing back Montrezl my dude um are they just waiting to pounce on something big or do you think they actually sign somebody like if you if you heard that they're like close to trading for Damian Lillard or something. Would you be shocked?
1: No. Um, I I think that that's how they're kind of operating right now where, um, you know, I kind of wrote about it with, with one of my first pieces for the athletic, like at the end of last season, during the exit interview, uh, Lawrence Frank was, was asked the hypothetical question of like, let's just say you're at a gas station, a fan comes up to you and says, you know, why didn't we make the playoffs? You know, what's up with the team? Where are we going? He was like, you know, are we rebuilding? Are we retooling? What's going He's like, you know, we're going under a reshape and we're reshaping the roster and we're trying to make, you know, be competitive while maintaining our long-term flexibility. So that's kind of, I mean, I think that's just <laughs> really just semantics and, and kind of what, what's your word choice for, for what's going on, what's the state of the Clippers. But um, I do think their, their moves kind of illustrate that where they're trying to stay in the playoff hunt. They're trying to, you know, contend for that 7-8 seed, be competitive, be in that 40-win range, uh, while also maintaining their flexibility for next summer. Like, you know, next summer... Uh, the only people on the books are Lou Williams, uh, Gallinari, uh, they're two, they're two rookies. And I believe Does that Bradley is have a, player it, option or
0: a team option. For so year? Bradley is, has a partial guarantee.
1: Okay. So I, I think, uh, he, he can be waived and I think it's only for like a, a couple million. So that, that will be on the books too. Um, but but really, like they're they're going in like you just said they're they're going in pretty much with completely clear books. They're, they're going to have a ridiculous amount of cap space. Um, obviously, cap holds like take away from it. But it, like if they announce everyone like you said they're going to have like sixty to seventy million, which is an absurd amount. The problem is it's now looking like everyone's going to have cap space next summer, kind of because everyone's going to be coming off these two thousand sixteen contracts.
0: Do you know who's uh, going to have or, cap space or, next summer? The Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. Yeah.
1: That's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think they're going to be better next year. Uh, Not to necessarily go off on a tangent on that, but uh, I I do think... (laughs) I I, I would say, like, if I I had to guess, I'd say they win, like, 52, 53 games next year. I, I think they're probably... For me, the, the that three or four right. seed, but like a, a legit three or four seed, not like this year's three or four seed, which was like 48 wins and you're tied with the seven seed. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, uh, but, but to go back to the Clippers quickly, like, I, I think they're, they are looking to, you know, they have very tradable contracts, yeah. like. Tobias Harris is, you know, you can get his bird rights, and he's only making fifteen million this year. Mm-hmm. And he, Bradley's you know, tradable. I think that's tradable. Bradley's very tradable. Partial guarantee, second year. Lou Williams is making seven yep. million a year. Like that's a ridiculous contract. If Gallinari's healthy. Um,
0: I don't think that's like untradable because Gallinari is good at basketball when he is healthy. It's just getting him healthy. But I think in today's NBA, I think there is a way. Like I think smart teams will look at him. Like. If the Rockets, um, even though they're, they're an interesting team now that everybody's making moves and they just re-signed Paul and lost Ariza, like, are they looking at someone like him? Because he would really be perfect for that team right now. But um, I, I so I want to throw three names at you that I think one of the three are going to be a Clipper before the end of next summer. And you can rate on a scale of one to three. Uh we can rank them one to three, whether or not um okay. they're most likely to be a clipper or least likely to be a clipper. But I think one of the three at least is gonna is going to be a clipper by next summer. Ready? Yeah. Jimmy Butler, Kyle yeah. Lowry, and DeMar DeRozan.
1: You, you excited me. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll take a compliment sandwich. Um I, I like the, the the first and third. Uh, I would say. Hmm,
0: uh. And we can I, do I a wild card. W- I, we'll do a wild card too. Damian Lillard.
1: I, I would say one. Jimmy Butler two, DeMar DeRozan, three Damian Lillard, four Kyle Lowry. Okay. I, I think Kyle Lowry is the type of player they are going to stay away from. Interesting. Uh, Personally. Which, I mean, it's just just a pure age thing. Like, I I don't think, um, you know, if if he was like three or four years younger,
0: maybe. But they did like Pat Bev, though. And he's basically a better version of Pat Beverly.
1: This is true. But I I think from, from, I'm just reading the tea leaves of of what I've heard and what they've said. Like, it it just seems like they're looking for, they're looking for big, like, you know, they really want Kawhi. Like, that's someone who they're 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 going all in. I don't mm. think they're getting Kawhi either, but um, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out. I'm just going on record saying that. But I, could I don't see think Jimmy it's Butler happen. on
0: this team. I could really really uh, Jimmy see
1: Butler. Them. I think yeah. makes. I, I think makes sense. He he's another guy. He's out here all the time uh, during the off season. I, I think kind of sim- similar to the theoretical, like I mean, it's not the Lakers, but kind of what the Lakers were selling Paul George on you know like come here come to LA be the face of the franchise da da, da like but like also clippers can, can get a good sell front that. office
0: and not a front office yeah, that and- signs Rajon Rondo JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson to surround you with i don't think Jerry West and friends in that front office cuz the clippers have a good front office now they pulled a guy from the thunder they pulled a guy like they have a very good plethora of guys in that front office now like the clippers are a stable good organization in the biggest market in the nba like i i think it it's a good selling point they're going to get somebody. Yeah. It's going to be one of those three. And then I, I'm going to throw another wild card in here. So the Wizards signed Dwight Howard and Jeff Green to cap off the most depressing offseason in the NBA by far for a team. Like, it's just unbelievable that that's what they walked away with this kind of year that they just had to go back with just Jeff Green and Dwight Howard. I I just... It's going to be fun.
1: Do not forget Austin Rivers. Do oh, I did forget, forget Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers. That's my
0: fault. Um, <laughs> that locker room, man. And that, and that just makes it more depressing. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, John Wall and Bradley Beal, I just at some point, one of these guys are going to get moved. There's no way this season ends with like... Uh, I don't know. So that's something else that the Clippers need to be. I think the like. are the, yeah. the,
1: leading, the leading candidate for someone having a mental breakdown. Mm. On, on <laughs> just like on national TV during the game. Um, a game. Yeah, it's probably going to be John Wall.
0: <laughs> there are going to be games this year where due to injuries and rest and whatever, where the starting five who gets 36 minutes together is going to be like Howard, Keefe, Rivers, Beal, and Wall. Like, they're oh my god! I just they're going to be uh, so. <laughs> I'm just like visualizing all the different scenarios that are going to come to fruition this year with this group. But, um, poor Scott Brooks, man. How do you even do this? Uh, is there a way of salvaging this kind of locker room dynamic? I I just whatever. But. That's another team that the Clippers need to be, like, monitoring all season long of, like, could we get Bradley Beal? Like, that is the next one up of, like, if we can't get this guy, what if we targeted Bradley Beal? And what if they targeted Beal and Jimmy Butler? Like, the teams that have top 15, top 20, maybe even top 10 players that are getting frustrated. So, like, I think Jimmy Butler should be priority number one. But priority number two, I think the the Wizards. Just see what's going on there. And you know what else is good about dealing with the Wizards and the Timberwolves, Yovon? They have fucking terrible general managers, and most of the NBA has good general managers now. Like Scott Layden and so Ernie Grunfield? yeah, sign me up. Yeah, great, um, do it yeah. today.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you saw. I'm sure you enjoyed the uh, the, the report that Tibbs uh, was going to want. Well, I don't. So I don't know if it's a report or it was a troll. It might have been a troll because I, I think it came from Nick. Uh, Nick nick trodell uh nick Frodell, about uh tibbs being interested in the wall dang or, or joakim noah oh my god uh, if they get bought out i don't know if that's a troll or not i don't I, think so I he just resigned derrick
0: rose he has tyus jones and still re-signed derrick rose um what did tyus jones so- do to tom thibodeau what does he have to do to get consistent backup minutes
1: I think that what the Tim are gonna end up doing is burning the bridges with uh Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. And you're gonna see uh next you know, a year from now the, the starting lineup is gonna be Joachim Noah, Taj Gibson, Wol Dang, uh Andrew Wiggins <laughs> and Derrick Rose. And Tibbs is just gonna be reliving his glory days with uh with Andrew Wiggins as the as the centerpiece of that team and uh yes, it is. it's gonna be a nice like 18-1 team.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we lost every Timberwolf fan that listened to this podcast. They are they were having a good July 4th, and uh, that is gone now. Just thinking about a year from now and what's going to go on with this team. But I don't think Cat's going to leave. I think he's going to be there for a while because basically I think what's going mean, to happen yeah, is Glenn Taylor is going to commit to Cat, and then everybody else is gone. So I think Wiggins may still be there, but I do think Jimmy Butler. Oh, I,
1: th- I think I think Wigan I I think Wiggins is gone and could be gone this season. Um, I know it's a very Magic, difficult I made contract to move.
0: So I, when I was talking to Matt Moore of the Action Network last week, I pitched this trade. And he loved it. So I'm gonna pitch it to you. I don't know if we've talked about it before, on or off air, but I think the trade for the Wolves and the Magic is bring. Wiggins to Orlando for Fournier and uh, Aaron Gordon.
1: Now it's going to sound crazy. I I love that trade for Minnesota. Yep. If I'm Orlando, I think I'd, I I would personally rather have Aaron Gordon than Andrew Wiggins. At you got to free
0: Aaron Gordon, man. Like get get him out of there. Like it's not going to work. And now you have Mobamba. You now, have now, Isaac. I, I,
1: like he can't.
0: I, I, where Where does he fit in now?
1: As a basketball fan, I like the trade. Yeah. If I'm the Orlando Magic GM, I pass on it only because at this point, you know, if we're going to like Bill Simmons' trade value column and, and ranking all the players, I would rather have Aaron Gordon. Um, like, he, like, take out
0: take out the money. Like, I was gonna say in know, a vacuum,
1: in the for money, sure. I think in in a vacuum, I would rather have Aaron Gordon. Now, even with the money, I'd rather have Aaron Gordon because Aaron Gordon is making less money than Andrew Wiggins. Um, I, I believe so, or it's similar, oh, no, he is but I think he's less. making less. Andrew Wiggins um, is
0: making it, it, it <laughs> I don't even have it in front of me, I'm going to look at it, but it's, uh, it's a lot more than Aaron Gordon's 4 for 80, I think.
1: I mean, it's four, 4 for 84, so he's making, he's making 21 a year. Yeah. Um. Let's see.
0: Andrew Wiggins. I don't think it, this is year one of it kicking in, too. I think the extension starts this year.
1: Because remember, oh my w? God. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, it starts this year.
1: Uh, oh my God. Oh my God. This contract is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the worst contract in the league. I mean, uh, I think Day is the worst contract in the league, but or joking hats between dang and noah which is funny that i should
0: say it's a five year 145 146.45 million dollar max contract
1: 25.3 million 27.3 million 29.3 million 31.3 million 33 million. <laughs> oh wow
0: Shout yeah, out to Bill Duffy as t- agent. I'm
1: not t- Great work. I'm not touching this contract with. with but if you're like, the Magic, who have
0: had the worst rebuild of anyone in the NBA the last seven years, I think they have the worst record. I, I, of I think that,
1: but I, I think that taking this contract on continues that shitty
0: rebuild. No, get like, T-Mac 2.0. <laughs> just get empty calories. Get people excited to just watch a, ma- a Magic oh, basketball game again. God. They tweeted out a congratulations to Sheldon Mack for leading the team in assists with 3.7 a game this this past offseason like they need something I think at this point just give up it, the draft gods do not like you it's, it's not happening they're never going to reward you with anything just make a fun product again because ultimately sports is about entertainment and Orlando is more fun when they have uh, guys who can score shout out to T Mac, Grant Hill Vince Carter get Vince Carter 2.0 there you go Mo Bamba and uh, Andrew Wiggins can be Vince Carter and Dwight at the tail end of their magic days there you go.
1: I I'm I'm just going to keep my comments myself because <laughs> I really don't want to uh, um, offend the the still remaining Minnesota Timberwolves fans because uh, I I'm very very low on Andrew Wiggins.
0: Okay, I'm right there with you. Like I'm not a Wiggins guy, and I think that deal would be very good for Minnesota and to get off of that early on before more teams figure out that he is not worth this five-year max contract extension. That's uh, better for them, but
1: I, I mean, know. yeah. If you're Minnesota, you you gotta you gotta dump him for for peanuts right now. Like you, you just got to get out of this because you, you don't want to be in an OKC situation where you're just committed to those three guys. Because if he's your third guy, I think you're doing something wrong.
0: How many Magic games would you watch next year if the backcourt for Orlando is Andrew Wiggins and Isaiah Thomas? Oh. I'm watching all 82. Well, man. Well, I'm here well, for this. What about what about Isaiah
1: Thomas, Trey Young, and, and Andrew Wiggins, the as the as your perimeter trio?
0: Okay, now you've lost me. I, I, this is a Trey oh, Young well, free I, zone. Well, what, over what's here. funny is I
1: I what's funny is I, I I know so little about the Orlando Magic that I thought Trey Young was on the Orlando
0: Magic. Oh first. no, he is on the Atlanta Hawks because the Atlanta yeah, Hawks no, uh, uh, traded down in the NBA draft this summer and uh had Luka Doncic and then proceeded to trade Luka Doncic for a future first round pick from the Mavericks that will likely convey next year because the Mavericks are not going to be a bottom five team in the NBA this season so they will get that pick it'll be like the number 10 pick so they can get Torian Prince 2.0 later Harrison Barnes may be available um they can find their next guy there and they can have Trey Young and uh Kevin Huerter and Amari Spellman and not Luka Doncic because reasons. So yeah, fun times. I'm not over this man. I'm not getting over the Doncic thing for years and years. It's unforgivable for me. So yeah, I, I just I can't I can't get over it. <laughs>
1: I, I call him uh one for twelve Trey now. That that's his okay. new nickname for me.
0: Um I mean, uh, can I say something about James how... Jackson's jump shot? Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? My first thought when I was watching that game, it <laughs> he reminds me of NBA Two K, where if you use the joystick too quick and you don't actually hold down the jump shot button, it just releases quickly and it looks awkward and obviously is not going in. That's his jump shot every time. Like his natural shot is like he didn't actually go fully into um getting off a good shot but it went in like nine times in that game so jaron jackson's gonna be a superstar uh his mom is like the WNBA, uh players association president she worked in college basketball her his dad was uh, an nba player years ago like that dude has just the dna to just be a superstar like he's gonna be great I, i'm really high on jaron jackson but um not high on trey young not great, but you know what? He's a gunner, so it will be entertaining to see him go two for fifteen, like forty-five times this year. But do you know what he's not? Luka Doncic. That's what he's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Dallas is uh, Dallas is kind of finally turned things around a little bit. Uh, I think they got to get out of this Harrison Barnes contract, or at least get him in at a much more reasonable price. Uh, and uh, I think they, they, they got the makings of something special over there with, with between, uh, you know, I, I, I still believe in Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, yeah. I have not sold my stock on him yet. And then throwing in Nuka Doncic, uh, they still, well, now they have DeAndre, but like long-term looking, you know, two, three, four years on the line, like they don't really have any long-term front court players uh, unless they do keep Harrison Barnes and I think have to restructure that deal. But, uh, you know, I, I think between those two, like the, the future is very bright for Dallas. And that's something that they've kind of just been stuck in mediocrity for the past like five years, really, before Dennis Smith Jr. And now they kind of turn things around. So that, that's kind of uh, take notes, Orlando and, and Sacramento and uh, <laughs> I guess Phoenix. But Phoenix lucked into the first pick. Uh, but th- that's how you rebuild. Um you just uh, suck for five years and then you draft two really interesting young guards and uh, they'll be back I mean, they might be in the playoff on this year. I don't really think so, but
0: no, uh, definitely, two,
1: definitely two years down the road, you know, two, three years down the road. I think they're definitely back in the mix.
0: Can I say, I love what Indiana has done and you're not going to believe this, but a Chris <laughs> Wallace decision backfired in Memphis, <laughs> not trading Tyreek Evans when he had the opportunity to do so. Uh, did not go well because Tyreek Evans did not re sign in Memphis this offseason. No, he went to Indiana and um, he's gonna play with Victor Oladipo and friends. And they also signed up McDermott, like, just a lot of good under the radar stuff. Like, they're not gonna be contenders or anything, but they're getting better and they're adding more help, more shooters around Oladipo. And just giving him a secondary playmaker. And Evans, like, I I like what Indiana's done. I think XM returning to Utah on three for 33 is smart. Uh, But I feel like this means that uh, Favors is definitely gone. And it's interesting to see where he ends up. I I don't know, but I still like Derek Favors um, as a five in today's NBA. He can still do a lot of stuff that I like. But um, I don't know where he ends up. Maybe, like, New York or something on a one-year deal. It feels like he's getting a one-year deal wherever he goes.
1: Well, so you you didn't see that Favors resign? A couple oh, days ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, Wait, he I got thought a Favors monster. didn't.
0: Oh, I missed yeah, this he, altogether. Two oh, Oh, this was yesterday, man. A 2-year deal. Okay. Yeah,
1: he got 2 2 years, 36 million.
0: Oh, how did I miss this? He got paid. Okay and then Nerlens went to OKC obviously on a 2 year deal which i thought the second Le- lebron went to la i thought nerlens was going to go there cuz he feels like the perfect guy for lebron to play off of at the 5 but um he's going to back up steven adams in uh in okc which is also weird because Jeremy grant plays a lot of backup 5 for them and is really good at that i, I don't really understand the nerlens noel and okc thing at all
1: yeah no i i i tweeted that like a hey. I really think it's a bad move. I don't want to say bad, but uh, I think it's a questionable move just because if I'm Maryland's you know, my goal is, you know, you're running out of time to prove you're really even a rotation player, but like, you know, a starter, like, and and that's kind of, you know, you're the number six pick Uh, you, you were in contention for being the number one pick. I think your goal should, you know, he, there's no reason he should not be Tyson Chandler, Deandre Jordan, Clint Capella. He has all the physical tools. He showed that type of play his first two seasons in Philly. There's obviously been a lot of questions about his work ethic, um, just kind of his, his temperament and, and just his personality and stuff. Uh, so maybe that is it. And, and that he kind of is who he is, but I don't think going to OKC, it's great for OKC, like no brainer for OKC, smart move. Now you're all, you know, you're pretty much going to have him, Grant or Adams on the court at all times, which I think is, you know, you're going to have a really solid five on the court at all times. But to back up Steven Adams, who's like so clearly better than you um, and and they've invested a lot of money in, like Steven Adams is going to play 32 minutes a night during the regular season he's going to play like 36 38 minutes a night in the playoffs
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't really see how nerland fits next to him so and even then like you're you're competing with jeremy grant as well uh not to mention potentially carmelo is going to be playing the four maybe we'll see if he ends up being there um and i believe patrick patterson's still on this team yeah, uh if he
0: ever gets healthy so Ooh, i love when he's healthy. yeah but yeah
1: Yeah, so Patrick Patterson, when healthy, is a productive, nice player. So I just think it's a very crowded kind of four or five position. And I don't really, you know, signing a one-year deal is, okay, whatever. You want to be on a playoff team. You want to kind of get that playoff bump of like, hey, this guy can be productive on like a good team. But a two-year deal, I'm just like, I don't really get what what New Orleans is doing. And and to me, the Lakers, was a no-brainer. They need a center badly. Um, Might just end up re-signing Brooke Lopez, it looks like. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be JaVale McGee. Uh, I think Lakers would have been a great situation. Um, Even Houston. Like, Houston could, uh, you know, for the same amount of money, Houston could use, uh, obviously, if if Capella left, you know, they could use a replacement. But not that New Orleans could could fully replace him. But he could be like a Capella light off the bench um, and, and kind of be their backup guy. And and maybe maybe even end up playing less than OKC, but you're on a 60 plus one team that's probably going to make the conference finals, if not finals, if everything breaks right for them. So I think OKC is, their ceiling is a, is a little bit lower than some of the teams he was looking at. And to me, I'm just like I I don't really get it, but um, you know, the, the, you, you had to have some reasoning. So I guess I just think it's a questionable move.
0: Last thing, and then we'll go. Uh, your favorite offseason move that was under the radar, not Kevin Durant, who, by the way, let me get, just go ahead and say on this podcast to make this clear, the Warriors won the offseason. So uh, that is my take on the Warriors by re-signing Kevin Durant and guaranteeing they're winning the next two finals. So shout out to them. Not enough credit for just bringing back Kevin Durant for two more years. Good move on their part, I think. And then Demarcus Cousins, uh just uh, another nice follow-up to that. But yeah, um, your favorite under the radar deal and your worst under the radar deal.
1: Well, so my favorite under the radar deal is uh the DeMarcus Cousins sign.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well we didn't really talk about that. Um my my twenty second thought on that is I think mean, it's obviously a brilliant move and I think really it's it's a brilliant move more so besides what they're gonna get for Demarcus Cousins, which I think people are retroactively trying to diminish his his potential value, like No, they're not getting you know Kings, Pelicans, Marcus Cousins, but even seventy to eighty percent of that player, which could be optimistic, but seventy to eighty percent of that player is a really damn good, productive, above average player. Like so, and is better than Javale McGee, Zaza Pachulia, insert random you know uh, Warriors center. So just by that, I I think that's a win. But the, the bigger thing to me is you're taking him away from you know, if this, if this is the market for DeMarcus and and this is how much he could have gone for, you're taking him away from Houston, Boston, the Lakers, um, you know, and probably a couple of other teams that he could have really helped uh, even more so. So I I think that's, it's kind of a, a, you know, two birds with one stone where, you know, taking someone like DeMarcus is the type of risky move that a good team should be making because it can help you get over that hump. And like, if the markets is healthy by April May, that's a huge asset to have for for a team like the you know the Celtics or or the Lakers or something. So now the Warriors got that, and even if he doesn't help them, just by taking him away from other teams, I think it's a brilliant move. Um, as for in in reality, uh, so the worst move I'll start, I'll start with the worst. I thought the worst was Trevor Ariza going to the Suns. Um, I, I, I get so I just don't get what the Suns are doing like. I, I think it's just one. You know, it's a very Sacramento Kingsy move to me. Like how you know the Kings signed George Hill, Zach Randolph. Vince Those are multi-year like,
0: deals. This is at least only one.
1: So, so that, that it's it's better in that regard. I just think that um, you know, if you if you're a Riza, like you know, you won a championship. You were you were kind of close to to potentially winning one last year. Um, I, I'm just kind of like. You know, sure, get your money, but I, I just feel like what's a few extra million uh, at at this point? Like he, he's already he's had two big contracts already. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he, he's he's such a valuable three and D player. Like even if you you want to leave Houston for whatever reason, like I'm sure you know I'm sure Philly would it would have thrown. Um, you know, I'm sure Philly would have rather had him than than Wilson Chandler. Uh, mm-hmm. And could have thrown him, you know, an eleven twelve million dollars deal. Like, uh, I think there's other places he could have gone if you wanted purely more money than than Houston was going to give him. That still would have been competitive. But Phoenix, to me, is probably a bottom three team in the West still. And um, and then on top of that, it's like
0: you, I feel like you the have JJ Josh thing Jack- from last year, but the difference is they were going to be a good team with. Or without JJ, the Suns are not going to be a playoff team with Trevor Reese, so he basically dipped on uh, being a playoff uh rotation guy this year. So I think that's it, it, just it, the fundamental difference.
1: And I, I just think like you you have Josh Jackson, you yeah. just got uh Mikhail Bridges, um, you you already have and we can you know debate or disagree on on their potential, but like you already have Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, uh, um, they, yeah. So, but like, I just think you have four young guys at the three, four. And if I, if I'm Phoenix, you know, I, I'm kind of saying, all right, we're close to giving up on Chris and Bender, but now we have DeAndre Ayton, who looks like a franchise center. We have Devin Booker who's about to, about to sign in this max deal, be our franchise shooting guard. We have Josh Jackson who looks like a, you know, a stud at the three. Let's see which one of these two guys kind of fits. You also already have Jared Dudley there who's kind of that veteran presence who you're already overpaying. Like I just don't really see enough, like overpay for a point guard. Oh you know, overpay for um you know, me, me. I, I just I just don't see like the how it makes sense to add another wing.
0: Are we sure they're not trading kind of for redundant. Kyle Lowry this summer? Maybe maybe. Maybe maybe they are. And uh They're not I mean, going into I, next year without a veteran point guard. They have to sign. Somebody. I I just think
1: so so my my favorite under the radar move um and I don't I don't know if you know we, what, if it's considered under the radar but to me the the Julius Randle signing um oh, I yeah. think that's a brilliant move by the Pelicans I, I think that he now that that trio of bigs they can all play together they all kind of play off of each other and have different strengths and weaknesses um I think Julius is is a great like if I was thinking of the perfect big man to put next to Julius, I would pick like the, the unicorn five, which is really like Anthony Davis, um, Por, you know, Porzingis when he's healthy, kind of in beat in towns, but like not, you know, not as much as those two, but like, you know, a, a five that is mobile can protect the rim on defense and then can, you know, can stretch the floor on offense and, and also play inside. So I think Anthony Davis and Julius Randle is an amazing pairing. It would not surprise me if, if Julius does take the starting spot from, from Miritich. I've seen some people saying very, Julius yeah. is going to be the, the third big. I, I think he's, he's better than Miritich and, and really should be starting. But even if he's not starting, I think he's going to be closing games, probably him and Anthony Davis. So I think that was a, a really smart move by the Pelicans. Um, actually, I mean, uh, probably not crazy to say is like I would rather have Julius Reynolds and Demarcus Cousins, you know, heading into the season at least. So yeah. I think that was a win for the Pelicans. And I you know, as I was doing my kind of power rankings of the West, I was starting to have the Pelicans kind of in that like eight nine. I think this might bump them up a little bit to like six seven for me. Okay. Um I think Julius Reynolds that good and, and really is mm-hmm. looking for, you know, probably a bigger role which um you know would would it's obviously Anthony Davis' team, but after that, you know, Drew Holiday and Julius Randall are kind of there, as the, the 2 3, I think.
0: Okay. Uh, what my, about you? My best under the radar deal Fred Van Fleet going back to Toronto. I think if you didn't watch Toronto enough last year, you don't realize just how critical he was to their success. It's a great and that move. New it's offense, a great move. And now that Nick Nurse is the head coach, like, I think he's just, he is a really, really good basketball player. And only $9 million a year for him is, it just feels like a gigantic steal. Um, worst deal that was under the radar that i still just kind of can't believe this happened derrick rose returning to minnesota on a one-year 2.2 $2 million dollar deal because you have tyus jones who's actually good i can't get over this it just drives me insane and then also the blazers taking a flyer on nick stauskas and letting ed davis walk to uh brooklyn for a one-year 4.4 $4 million dollar deal like it's just some of these teams man i i don't know no i'm out i'm out uh, on all i, of I i'm
1: these aren't under-the-radar moves, but I'm going to throw them in. Um, I'm going to throw in these three moves, but, but I'm going to split them up. Uh, yeah. I'm going to throw in the Lakers moves, and I'm going to say I think one of the sneaky, under-the-radar positive moves is JaVale McGee. Be, just because of because of how we just outlined Nerland's potentially fitting with the Lakers, I, I think Javel can do that, and I, I think that he's not you know, he kind of proved in Golden State, like, yes, he still has his flaws. Yes, he's not the the smartest, you know, he doesn't have the highest basketball IQ, but he can be really damn productive. And if you have someone who can create space for big, like, there's no reason he can't do, uh, kind of play that Tristan Thompson role offensively uh, for, for the Lakers and, you know, kind of Tristan... Uh, you know he's a better rebounder than Javale, but all he had to do was finish lobs and, and kind of just be at the right place at the right time. I think Javale has proven he could do that in Golden State. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's actually a solid move. But the two bad ones I um, just want to go on the record and clearly state my opinion on are uh, Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. I, I think both of those moves are questionable at best, and I think terrible at worst and um, leaning more towards the terrible. I don't think either player fits next to LeBron. Um, I think what the Lakers desperately need is shooting. And they they went out and got two of the worst shooting perimeter players in the league. Um, and I, I just think it, I don't really get what they're doing uh, w- with those two moves. So uh, I want to go on the record and, and say I'm really against both of those and, and don't think they fit next to LeBron
0: at all. Okay. There you go. Oh, I like Mike Scott in... Clipperland. I yeah, think he's nice actually shot, he was like thinking good for them in, uh in Washington last year. I think he'll be a good like backup for Tobias at the four. Like him and Tobias at the four a bunch, I think is just it's smart, it's fun, it's the way the NBA's gone, and I think they'll be really good there and Doc will find a way to use him in a positive way. Um Yo Bambua, you're at the Athletic now. We can read you there just about every day. I feel like you're you're writing a lot um from the get-go, yeah So uh that's awesome. We can read you there. Uh, great Clipper work, and you can see when they max out Montrezl Harrell, Yovan will be on it first. Uh, we can find you on Twitter at Yovan Bua, and all that good stuff. All right, Yovan, uh, we will talk again very soon. All right, thanks for having me on, man. Happy 4th. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second leave lead the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out chasetomuspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back in another episode very soon. Thanks guys.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran,